Good morning. Welcome to welcome to Seventh Day Adventist Church here in Crestline. Um, we need to take care of the second reading today for membership transfer of Scott Risley, requesting transfer to Kylie Mesa, Seventh Day Adventist Church. We need to entertain a motion. Okay, second? Second. second. Those in favor say aye. aye. Opposing say nay. There are so many things in our world today that makes us wonder, is this the time that the Bible describes as the end of the world? I remember the time when my dad was sharing with me that when he was getting married in the 60s, um, a minister met with him and said, it's a great thing that you young people are doing, but don't have any children because the end is coming very, very soon. And uh, you probably heard similar stories and advices. We need to know when the end is going to come, but most important, we need to be ready whenever it's going to come. Have you thought about tribulation? Ever? Yeah, it's on our mind. How do you define uh, tribulation? What is it to you? Extreme. It's not just little pain, little um, misadventure. It's it's extreme, Ex something extreme. Anybody else? Troubles. Troubles. Test of faith. Huge troubles. It's not just losing money, you know, or losing job. It's a little bit more than that, right? Okay. Different Christians from different denominations believe differently about uh, tribulations. We all read the same Bible, but some Christians believe that tribulations happen already in the past. Preterists, we call them, the point of view, they believe that everything bad already happened. Like for people of Israel, 70 AD, when their temple went down, that was pretty bad. Many of them lost their lives. Some believe that it's in the future, but I was amazed at seeing the reaction to our message uh, by many Christians uh, who believe that prior to the tribulation, the children of God the faithful Christians, believers, are going to be raptured. Have you heard about that? So one day, everything will look almost the same. You will wake up, and if you are not raptured, you will see cars on the street, empty cars. So the person was taken from the car, and the car is there on the street. 
Maybe even the engine's still going, you know. You would find neighbors missing, uh, relatives, loved ones. But the life is going to go on like, like the day before. And then the tribulations will come, which are going to be the uh, very terrible sufferings. Sufferings for people that didn't accept God. And then you have another point of view, um, which our church maintains, that it's going to happen at the very end, but it's going to be cut short for the sake of the people of God. But the people of God are going to have tribulations. Why don't we read what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24? He himself talked about tribulations, and you can find it actually in different Gospels. It's more full in the Matthew chapter 24, but you can also find it in Matthew, in Mark chapter 13, in Luke chapter 17, and chapter 21. So please open Matthew 24, verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the building of the temple. What was the most sacred thing for Jewish people? Their temple. Their temple. It's very important. Well, for Muslims today, they have their own building that is very, very important. There are many religions where they have the center of worship life. They believe that that's of great importance. You, all of you, have something sacred to you, something important to you, something that you would truly miss if you lose it. For the disciples and for Jewish nation, for Jewish people, the, the temple was one of the most sacred things in the world because they believed the presence of God was there. And Jesus said, he shocked them. He said this, verse 2, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall be not left here one stone upon another, and shall not be thrown, thrown, thrown down. Uh, if you travel to Israel, you would see stones, the remains of the temple even today. Some of them 70, and some of them even 150 tons. So the building, especially the foundational stones, were just massive. How can you move them even? And that's what Jesus predicts here, that not one stone is going to sit upon another stone. Why do you think somebody would take apart the stones? You know, you can burn something which is inside maybe some material, some, some things. You can knock a couple stones on the top. Why, why would you go to the very bottom and, and, and disassemble every stone? It would be a, a great, actually, effort to, 
to take those stones apart because of the weight. Anybody? They wanted to get the gold that melted down into it. Yeah, it was described uh, by uh, visitors that it was a magnificent stone. I mean, a temple. Um, but it had gold between the stones instead of maybe like cement, you know. The gold was melted between the stones, so to get the gold, people disassembled the stones. And then in verse 3, privately, disciples went to Jesus. And they said, they asked very important questions. I would ask the same question, questions if I would see Jesus. Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be a sign of thy coming at the end of the world? First of all, we all want to know the exact time when Jesus would be coming. I mean, so many people predicted that Jesus would come. In 2000, do you remember, like everybody was talking about it. And then 2012, for another reason. Who knows what, what was the reason in 2012? Yes. So the Mayan calendar predicted everything until 2012, and it stopped. So that's why many people uh, prophesied that this is a prophecy that is going to be fulfilled. It didn't. Lining up sometimes of the planets in astronomy, and people say this, this, is, this is something unique, something unbelievable. And Jesus answered in verse 4, and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceives you. So at the very end of time, there will be a great deception that is coming. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and I shall deceive many. One time I just took a sermon on this text and, and showed how many Christs today in the world that are followed sometimes by hundreds of thousands of people. They believe that he is the Christ, reincarnated Christ. So there is one in South America that is very popular. There is another one in Russia. And, and all over the planet, people claim, I am Christ. So we do see this fulfillment of this prophecy today. And many will deceive, will be deceived, the, verse 5. Verse 6, and you shall hear the, the wars and rumors of wars. See that you will be not troubled, for all these things must come to, to pass, but the end is not yet. So we know that the world can self-destruct itself. We know that we have so much nuclear power today that would be enough just to... to to turn this into Chernobyl, every spot could become so unlivable and apocalyptic sort of world where just a few would be able maybe to hide in caves and, and have provision. And I have a friend, we have a friend uh, uh, who is a prepper. Have you heard prepper? So prepper is the person who is preparing for the last days and have a sh 
food on the shelves that could last at least for one year. And so we got this list from our friend and, and, and she was telling us like for so many days, you should do that, you should do it. So they, they have water that would last for a year. I mean, they have food that would last for a year. Um, and I said to her one day, what if people would find out, like people that are starving would find out that you have something. Isn't it going to be terrible uh, to be hiding somewhere, but then people would be looking for you not looking for you, actually, but looking for, for what you have. She said, I have guns. So <clears throat> some people choose to go into the country, live in the country. Have you heard about this? You know, let's leave. Uh, even the spirit of prophecy was telling that this is not a bad idea. It's a good idea. But of course, on the other hand, we know that God put us here for the reason. We need to tell people here about Jesus Christ. We need to share the gospel. For the nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes, all kinds of troubles. Who remembers a history about the Black Death? Pretty terrible. If you would be living in those days, uh, it got a name from the black skin spots on the sailors who traveled the Silk Road and docked in Sicilian port, bringing with them this Asian from Asian voyage, the devastating disease known as bubonic plague the Black Death in 14th century, 1918, Spanish flu killed more than 200,000 people. AIDS, as of 2011, at least 60 million people had been infected and 25 million had died. I mean, we see things that is just impossible to ignore. Something is coming. Earthquakes happen much more often and on much higher level. Some of you don't remember it, but some of you remember um, that when you would leave the house, you would not lock the, the door, front door. You probably remember those times and days. Now, as you can imagine and you know it, many, many of us have security cameras on your door and anyone rings the bell could actually speak to the camera in the bell. I, I had uh, once uh, we were not at home and, and, and two men dressed up in a certain way came with a Bible. Uh, uh, later day saints probably or Jehovah Witnesses, I don't know, but we were not home. They came to the door, they rang the bell and then 
he said, well, I am here. Let me read to you the Bible. And he stands in front of the uh, doorbell with a camera. And he just read to me one chapter of the Bible and said amen and went, went his way. So technology. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. You probably didn't grow up with this, but older generation, you remember the time when you would pick up hitchhikers? Right? Yeah, and you, you would do that yourself. Have you, do you remember those years still? So it's not far away. Okay, but not anymore. Who, who would stop the car for a hitchhiker? All right. They, they raised hands. Talk to them after the, after the church. <laughs> no, it's just because of scary, evil world that we live in. And we do see that many things change in, uh, in our world. I remember when people were thinking it's apocalyptic time, even when 9-11 happened and many people went to church asking about it. If you would live through Holocaust, you would think that th these are the times of trouble. But Jesus calls it great tribulation, such as not been happening before. It's not like bubonic plague. It's not like AIDS. It's going to be even more on the larger scale and much, much bigger. Forty-seven times in the Bible we find the word, Greek word for tribulation. Uh, the Matthew 24 speaks about prophetic times for Israel, for A.D. 70, and Israel had a worse time in their history. But let me first say that Matthew 24 talks about generation will not pass away. This is a very interesting text. Many people cannot understand. Jesus is saying to them, all of these predictions are going to happen uh, and, and it's not going to pass this generation. This generation is going to experience it. Well, according to the way we calculate um, the, the, the first year of AD, we think that that's the time when Jesus was born, uh, but we are wrong. Actually, historians uh, looked back and found out that we are like four years mistakenly put the, the date. So when Jesus was on the cross, uh, it was 30 AD, but Jesus was already 33 and a half years old. So 30 AD, Jesus died. He predicted all of these things. What happened in one generation, 40 years from 30 AD? Yes, yes. 
So Josephus, historian, describes these terrible event, events for uh, Israel. So the Roman general who became an emperor, his name was Titus, besieged Jerusalem because prior to this event in the 60s, there were revolts, revolts. And uh, basically, Jewish people got freedom. Jerusalem, Jerusalem was free from the Roman oppression. So that's why Rome sent uh, troops, soldiers, army, and they besieged Jerusalem. Do you know the time of the year when they did it? That's very important. Uh, usually, uh, about 200,000 people lived in Jerusalem at that time, Two, maybe 250,000. This was Passover. Just two days prior to Passover, when people already this, were coming to town, and during the time of Passover, normally, the town would be more than, much more than one million people. People would sleep in tents. They believe that it's one of the most important uh, holiday. They have to go. They have to bring the sacrificial animal with them. This was very, very traditional, very, very sacred, sacred time. And so Titus besieged Jerusalem. And usually people do not stay. So there is always enough provision for the holidays, and then people start going home. Well, now they're besieged for months, and starvation started. Uh, lack of water, clean water. People started dying because of that. And then Rome soldiers were so angry that they had to stay, you know, to blockade the, the town from people going in or out for months, so they, very, they were very angry with Jewish people. And Josephus describes that finally, when they penetrated the, the walls, um, what happened was that they killed 1.1 million people. 1.1 million people. They cut all the trees around Jerusalem. There were no tree standing, and they made crosses. And to teach the lesson to many, many people and nations, Romans did very cruel things. They would put those crosses along the roads. So when people would travel, they would see alive people suffering for days, and then corpses just uh, hanging on the cross. And birds are surrounding these bodies. Terrible smell, terrible, uh, terrible things. If you would be there, you would think, that's the last days. This is a time of tribulation. And you know, for them, it was. Jesus Christ described in this chapter that there would be a darkness, unbelievable darkness, which happened in 1778, um, and George Washington comments on it, very unusual darkening at noontime. It was like pitch dark. 
and everybody who saw and observed it in Canada, North America, they all thought that it's the last days. And then at night, the moon became like blood. November 13, 1833, unprecedented uh, meteor shower. You know, if you want to see uh, stars falling, uh, a great spot could be a place where you don't have much lights of the city. And sometimes in August, well, you have to find out more, but there are some dates where you, if you go at night and you observe the skies, you, would, you could be lucky to see a, one star or one light you know, falling down somewhere in the skies. Uh, our nephew did it one time on the, what is it, rock? Castle Rock. Have you been there? In the Big Bear? It's a great hike, Castle Rock. And uh, so you can climb on this um, uh, huge, huge uh, kind of rock at the end, and it's flat. And you, you basically have a great view of the mountains and of the lake. And so he went there for a night with his uh, girlfriend, and they, they, were, they were seeing amazing things. Nothing happened ever like what happened in November. 1833, it was like like shower, like you know the lights were just going back and forth, and um, many people commented, seeing that, that uh, it's apocalyptic kind of event. And Lincoln writes, President Lincoln was young, and he wrote about this, and he said that he lived in Illinois as a young man, boarded for a while with the deacon of, of the Presbyterian Church. One night, he was already in bed, uh, and he heard the knock into his door, and the deacon said, the Lord is coming, go and look outside. And he believed that it's the last days. And of course, port in Portugal, the earthquake, it was, not on, only in, in Europe that people fell, but also North America. The Lord is coming. He's coming and many people will miss the event and not going to be ready. The main point of what I wanted to bring you about tribulation is we have nothing to be scared about, nothing to worry, because if God is with us, who is against us? Jesus wanted us to have peace of mind. He was not telling us about this to scare us, to give us a fright, so that when we see this coming, that we would just worry about our life. 
And he also promised that the days of tribulation will be shortened for the sake of elected people. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Jesus predicted everything what is going to happen. And you remember he said, well, one time I was uh, coming back from a mission trip from Tanzania. And we were, as church members, sharing about the Lord which, with each other. And, and there was a lady who was listening. You know, she was not participating. And then she heard something about the Sabbath that she didn't, didn't, didn't necessarily accept. So she started tell, asking us about the Sabbath. And uh, I took her to Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus predicts. And, uh, and first of all, we, we all agreed that the prediction was double prediction one about the near future, which is AD 70, and, and about the last days. And by the way, uh, let me ask you this question. What is the very last thing that has to happen before the end of time? Right, we, we, pro we probably don't read it necessarily right in these uh, ver verses, but what Jesus said in Matthew 24, that in the last prophetic events, what, what is that that we will see? Gospel being preached in all the world and the and then the end will come. Don't we see the most incredible technology today that can carry the message when we, where we cannot go? I mean, 50 years nobody could even think about it that you can send something sitting at home and somebody in China can, can receive, you know, a message or something. Uh, or anybody in Muslim country can, can hear about Jesus Christ and, and see, uh, you know, what the Christians are all about. And they don't have to travel anywhere. We don't have to travel. Of course, I'm not against being a missionary, but what I'm saying is that God opened up the technology for us so that we can use it for spreading the gospel. So Jesus wanted, wanted us to be ready. That's one of the most important things that I want to bring to you today. Tribulations it's going to happen. If you are going to be living at the end of time, you will see it. But don't be scary because God is bigger than anybody else in this world. And he is going to take care of us. Nothing can separate us from what? From the love of God. Tribulations, can they separate us? No. Death? Persecution, I feel that he knows the future better than anybody else. 
He could see the future. That's why he knows it. And he wants us to be ready. When whatever comes our way, we will be able to handle. Uh, I was uh, serving in a, in a service in the Soviet army. Uh, was service that every young man who is 18 is supposed to, to go uh, and give two years. And if you're in the Navy, then three years. And so I was there, and I was the only Christian believer in the barrack of 150 soldiers. And uh, the Bibles were illegal. You cannot have the Bible. That's just totally illegal. And uh, I was hiding since I was drafted. I, I was hiding little uh, New Testament, which, which is like a pocket size. And I, I put them in my pocket, and I, at, in the evening I was going uh, to my barrack, and, and there was a lieutenant who was, who was uh, in charge uh, of that night, and he was sitting on his chair, and he looked at me, and you know, he sized me, and he said, Rudoy, I can see you, you begin to change. You are smoking now. Because he knew I'm not, I, I don't smoke. What is it there? And so he, he thought that it's, it's a, those are cigarettes. You know, uh, you cannot see what is in my pocket, but you can see the shape like cigarettes. Well, I, did, I was so scared. I didn't want to lose it. I, I knew I would lose it. And I said, uh, you know, I put my foot already at the exit. I said, if you promise me you're not going to take it away from me, I will show you what it is. I was ready to, to run and hide it somewhere, even if I have to spend, you know, uh, a few days in a, in a, in a uh, army jail. Uh, that was so precious for me. And, uh, and he, I, I promise, you know. And, you know, there are so many soldiers are uh, putting their heads, uh, you know, from, from the beds, bunk beds, and, and they are looking at me uh, and, and hearing all of it. So he opens it up and he starts reading, um, you know, such man begets another man and another man. And the way it's translated is like give birth, you know, in Russian language. Uh, and he started laughing, you know, like, what is that? And, and, <laughs> and we go further and, and I, I decided to use it as opportunity to share the gospel. And for two hours, he kept asking me. He never heard the gospel. He never heard the story. It's not, it's not like in atheist country, you, you, if you never go to church, if you never read the Bible, you have no knowledge about God at all. So he was changing. He became genuinely interested in what's going on. And for two hours, I had the privilege to share the gospel with him, the plan of salvation. And everyone in the barrack was so intrigued by this. They were all like looking at me. So uh, it's the, the best congregation I ever had. <laughs> and God is using us. And he would lead us through trials and temptations. And he would give us the words and also the means to survive and to answer if we have to answer to, to, to
to the people. So don't worry about that you will not be able to withstand it. God will give you enough strength. Uh, amen. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we are so thankful for the plan of salvation for your son Jesus Christ who died for us. And he was sharing with, with us our future. And uh, we see so many changes and the fulfillments of all of the prophecies that you predicted. Jesus, please come soon and prepare us for your coming. In, in your name we pray, amen.